You are listening to the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, a member of the Shameless Podcast Network. This week on the Choose Your Struggle Podcast, all the way from England, it's the vulnerable Claire Russell. But first, Kid Mental, let's go. Things ain't always gonna go our way, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And some battles will be yesterday, but today is for a new beginning. Choose your struggle, and don't worry about what they say, but you can always win when you choose your struggle. And you can bounce back, just that day. Come on in, listening to choose your struggles. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Great to be with you all. This week's episode, well, okay, first, before we get into this week's episode, feeling good, I'm recording this on Wednesday, this morning I got my second COVID shot, so uh, yeah, feeling real excited about the summer and happy that we can start moving past this and, and really hoping that, um, you know, that the people who need this shot get this shot and we can start building back a better normal because forget the old one. So feeling good about that. Big shout out to my partner Roadrunner. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw this. If you don't, you didn't, but you should follow me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> I ran my first uh, 10K in uh, five years or so, thanks to Roadrunner. I mean, their their muscle gel really got me feeling a lot better, and I was able to run a 10K, which was wonderful. So uh, thank you, Roadrunner. Now, uh, I'm going to keep this intro brief because um, the, this is a heavy episode, and I don't want to take a lot away from that by having a light intro. This episode, I talked to Claire Russell, who is fantastic, truly. I, her, her, her LinkedIn is amazing. I'm such a big fan of hers following on there. And she is very vulnerable, very open with her experiences, uh, which is some suicidal ideation herself and losing her partner to suicide. So uh, this is a heavy episode. Um, I, I give that heads up if that's not a topic that you feel safe talking about or, or hearing. Uh, I get it. Skip skip this one. Uh, reach out, though, because I, I would love to talk and, and learn more about you. You know, there's a lot of, <laughs> well, there's going to be a couple episodes like this coming up. So definitely uh, would love to hear from you if, if suicide is a, is a tough topic or one, it's a tough topic for everybody. If it's one that you are not able to really uh, hear, I want I, I want to learn more about you. So reach out. I hope this episode finds everyone feeling safe. You know, this is a time where we're starting to open up again, and that can be hard for some people who, who you know, change is difficult. And, and so moving forward, even in a way that is generally believed to be positive, there's still a lot of negative that comes with that and, and, and a lot of negative for individual people. So I do hope this episode finds you okay and, and, and feeling all right. If you don't, please reach out. You know, I'm here as always. Find me on, on my website, jshiftman.com, on social media. As those of us say that do this work, and I say all the time, we'd rather spend two hours listening to you today than two hours at your funeral tomorrow, so please reach out. All right, without further ado, please enjoy this this episode with the just truly incredible Claire Russell. 
Enjoying the podcast? Consider supporting it on Patreon. You'll get behind-the-scenes looks, sneak peeks, extra bonus content, and best of all, a way to interact with me, your host. You'll also get discounts on merch like tank tops and magnets and all the other services I provide, like booking me to speak, coach or consult, or even advertise here on the podcast. Check it out in the show notes or in patreon.com slash choose your struggle. Plans start at as little as $3.40 a month and all the money goes right into the podcast. All right, let's get back to the show. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review or check out the review link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So my name is Claire Russell, obviously, and I, I am the founder of a business called Mental Health in Business. I set that business up a few years ago after a quite a long journey with mental illness myself, which is kind of what got me uh, really interested in the whole mental health space and particularly um, mental health within the workplace. So as, as I mentioned on, on the way in, you know, this, this podcast definitely mixes storytelling with, with these, these topics of mental health, substance misuse and recovery and drug use and policy. So I think it's really helpful personally to know more about someone's background. And I don't ask, I mean, I ask everybody to share their story, but some people I asked, you know, I know that they're going to be a little more vulnerable, if you know what I mean. And from following you for a long time on social media, I know that's kind of your thing. So if you wouldn't mind sharing, whether it's the 30 second or the five minute version of your story to help us really understand where you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, Jay. So I I started out in the corporate world at a really young age. I set my first business up when I was just 20. And the reason that that came about, I guess, was, was kind of a, a, a few different things that had happened earlier on in my life. So when I was a, a, a young teenager, when I was 13, I had some quite quite serious health issues, which meant that I wasn't really able to kind of live a normal teenage life. So I had septicemia in my hip when I was 13, and it, it basically kind of destroyed all of my hip and the top of my femur. And I wasn't able to walk unaided for, for many years. And was in a was in a lot of pain and I had to wait until I was 18 before I could have surgery done so I had a bit of a weird kind of teenage life really because I just I just wasn't able to do any of the, the things that kids were able to do because I was on morphine for about five years and and you know not not really able to do normal stuff so I guess that kind of made me super determined that when I was well again to, to just do the things that I wanted to do so I had a big surgery when I was was 18 and kind of really threw myself into building my career. And I had this kind of goal of setting up my first business, which I wanted to do by the time I was 21. That was kind of the goal that I had in my mind. And then not long later, after I'd had my surgery, about six months later, I experienced a catastrophic stroke, which kind of just came out of the blue there was you know no warning there was no uh, underlying health 
issues that I was aware of, but I I just got up one morning and and later that day um, experienced this huge catastrophic stroke, and which put me in a coma, and I was in hospital for a long time. So recovering from that kind of made me even more determined, really, to kind of go out and do the things that I wanted to do. You know, I, the expectation was that if I survived the stroke, that I would probably be, I'd quite have quite serious brain damage. But, you know, I was fortunate that I, I recovered fully. So when I came through the other side of that, it was like, right, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go and do all the things that I want to do. So a couple of years later, I I did set up my first business and I worked as an insurance broker running my own businesses for uh, probably about the next 10 or 12 years. And then when I was in my mid 30s, I had a breakdown. So, I, you know, I'd been like working super, super hard from being a really young woman and I had loads of success. I built a really successful business, but that kind of really came at a price for me. You know, I I think I thought that I was impervious to stress and mental illness, you know. I thought that it was just water off a duck's back and that, well, I can remember saying to somebody at some point in my 20s, I can remember saying to a friend of mine, I'm not the kind of person that will have mental illness. You know, I'm just not, it just doesn't happen to people like me. And then in my mid-30s, I had a huge breakdown, which kind of had me step away from my career in the insurance industry for for quite a while while I kind of got myself together and I guess got myself on the road to recovery really. Wow. Well, I, I, first off, I think it's it's incredible with how much you've overcome in, in your short time on, on earth that you <laughs> are this positive force, right? Because it'd be very, and I, I talk about this a lot. My listeners know that, that for some people, overcoming trauma like that or getting through trauma, like that's, that's all they can do is to just get through it. And that's great. That's wonderful. But there's a select few who get through it and decide, you know what, I'm going to do something with this. And, and I think I really, it, it really sh- shows who you are, that you're one of those people, you know, that you're like, I want to, to, to tell my story. I want to be open about this. And, and for my listeners who, who don't know, Claire, that's, that's your persona online. You are very vulnerable. <laughs> you're very open. You truly are. You know, I mean, it's not influencer. That's the wrong word because that's that's that that you get a different picture. But you are very much a leader in this space with your words and with and and it it really shows that you've decided to dedicate yourself to that. Yeah, you know, Jay. I think when I went through the stuff that I went through earlier in my life, I there was a real kind of. I got a real insight into my own resilience at a really young age. And that was a a, quite an organic thing that happened. You know, like somebody didn't say to me, you are amazing and resilient. But I it it was an organic thing that I I had that insight myself. You know, I saw I saw my own resilience and 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 I became very determined that, you know, I whatever happened, I would try always to see 
the beauty in life and try and see the positives and try to take whatever experiences I had and learn from them and create something good out of what happened, you know, and any any of those difficult experiences or challenges to try to create something good out of them. So let's go back for a minute to, well, we can start with the teenage, your, your teenage experience, because as my listeners know, you know, my my struggles with, with mental health, my struggles with, with substance misuse, all that goes to my teenage years. And so I truly, you know, I, I feel uh, very connected to people who, who struggled in their teenage years because we can all remember back how difficult teenage being a teenager is just period, right? Uh, being hmm. living in that environment at all you know puberty is a bitch it's very difficult on the body and the mind and here you were going through this added layer of trauma you know a, a, a physical issue that was weighing on your mental health so can you talk a little bit about what that was like yeah I mean it, it you know it was difficult and I I I think that I think that I kind of just survived those years you know I don't think that I really thrived or kind of had the opportunity to really know myself I think that I just I just got through them you know I don't remember very much happiness or joy or I don't remember much good stuff really during those years you know there was a lot of pain and it it, it was it was a struggle and I think that that had an impact on me later, you know, I think, you know, later in my teenage years, you know, I, you know, I began to, to kind of use alcohol and substances and, and, and stuff like that to, I guess, like a lot of people do, you know, to alleviate, you know, the, some of the difficult emotions and feelings that, that, that I had that, I think I'd probably been kind of packing down for a long time, not not dealing with and not facing. I normally save these sorts of questions for later, but we're we're going to go ahead and do this right now because we're on this path. You, I don't ask this for, for everybody because I don't think that everyone has, I mean, I'm sure everyone has a good answer, but I don't think everyone has an appropriate answer. But you as a, someone who, as, as a person who lived through a traumatic experience in their teen, teen years, Again, we all know how tough just being a teenager is, period. What would you say, it doesn't have to be to your younger self, but but really to any any teenager who, who is struggling with, with traumatic experience in these formative years, what would you say to them? You know, that it that it's okay to feel what you feel and you know, not to not to try and 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 pack down you know, feelings and emotions to, to let yourself feel them and, you know, get help with understanding them if you, you know, if you, if you can, you know, I think for me anyway, you know, I, I stored up a lot of trouble for myself later down the line by not allowing myself to feel, you know, what I was feeling. And I got, I became very, very good at squashing down difficult feelings and emotions and just packing them away. I remember I remember having this kind of mental image of doing that actually. I 
you know, if I was struggling with something, I, I remember having this kind of little process, little little mental process of opening a box in my mind and putting stuff in it and then closing it. And, you know, that it was it was like a little process that I had. And, you know, that stored up some some trouble for me later down the line. So, yeah, I think just allowing yourself to feel whatever emotions and feelings are coming up for you is a really good thing. So that so perfectly takes me into my next question. Thank you for, for that. You said something just I think is incredibly accurate, which is get help you know, if, you, if you need it, and, and most of us do. It's very difficult in the U.S. to find a therapist. The process is just it's, – it's kind of ridiculous. How is it in, 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 across the pond, as, as you all say? Is, is it easier to find a therapist over there, especially for, for young people, or is it just as difficult? Oh, it's difficult. It's difficult, Jay. So we've we've got the the National Health Service in in the UK, which is absolutely amazing, incredible to have that. So you know, in theory, there are you know resources that you can that you can access, and it's free. But but the reality is that those the the demand for those resources is is far far bigger than than what's available, than the resources that are available. So that that can make it really, really difficult to, to get access to the right kind of help and support, and, and particularly so for children and young people, because there's an even bigger problem there. I mean, so I don't know what it's like in the US, but certainly in this in this country, there's a huge problem with the number of children and young people that are experiencing mental health problems and just nowhere near the resources that are needed. So what is available is amazing, but getting access to it can be can be really challenging. Well, that, that perfectly takes me into my next question. But before we go to that, let's take a break real quick. If you wouldn't mind shouting out where everybody can find you online, anything that you want people to be aware of, the work you do, that kind of thing. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. So our website is www.mhib.co.uk. I'm really active on LinkedIn. So if you search for my name, Claire Russell on LinkedIn, then you will definitely find me very very easily. And similarly on Facebook, I'm not awesome at any other social media platform. So I'm on them, but I don't really do very much. But LinkedIn and Facebook, you can find me very easily just by searching my name, Claire Russell. Y'all know I love to read, and almost every episode of this podcast includes a recommendation to check out an awesome book. From Adid Jaffe's Abstinence Myth to Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream, I'm constantly looking for new books to learn from and enjoy. That's why I'm super excited to partner with Bookshop. Bookshop is a wonderful website that helps you find all your favorite books and support your local neighborhood bookstore in the process. I've bought everything from textbooks to Star Wars novels on Bookshop, and I've supported my local store with each transaction. Best of all, my Bookshop link will allow you to see all the books I've mentioned on the show right in one spot. So check out Bookshop today using the link in my show notes or go to bookshop.org slash shop slash C-Y-S and you'll find all the awesome books you want and support the podcast in the process. Check it out today. Subscribe to my Patreon for behind-the-scenes looks at the podcast, sneak peeks, and bonus data. 
you'll also get a discount on Choose Your Struggle merch. Find it at patreon.com slash choose your struggle. So, you know, one of the pieces that, that you talk about on LinkedIn and, and that always has to be a part of the equation when talking about finding help, you know, being open to help is stigma around mental health. I mean, that is that is enormous. That takes up a lot of the oxygen in the room. You know, of course, there is finally kind of a little bit of work being done in the U.S. We're dipping our toe in the water, I guess, is the, is the best way to say it. But how is that over where you are? And, and can you tell my listeners who may not be that familiar, what kind of work is being done to help end stigma there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, look, I think I think the problem of stigma is you know, is, is pretty much global and universal. So it's still very much alive and well here in here in the UK too. You know, there's there's definitely been a lot of really positive stuff happened in the last few years. So there's been, you know, a lot of awareness raising activity going on. There've been a lot of public figures that have here in the UK that have spoken really, really openly about their struggles with mental ill health. And I think that that's done a lot to remove some barriers and to make it easier for people to talk about mental health in a general sense. But I, but I think it's still quite difficult for people to talk about their own issues with mental health you know I think that global conversation that general conversation you know it's there and that's happening but I think you know I think it's still quite challenging for people to talk about about their own mental health issues what I'm seeing a lot of is businesses that employ a lot of people organizations starting to realize that they have to do more for the people that work for them. So there's been a big, big increase in the last probably two years in businesses and organisations that employ a lot of people looking to not just be talking about mental health, you know, but start taking kind of real tangible action to help people. And I think, you know, that I think that's made really big difference over the last maybe year or two. Well, again, that's a wonderful transition to, to talking about your work because you are not shy about about talking about about your own stuff. Everybody, in my opinion, or everyone in my experience, has sort of a, a story or or, the, or or is able to express the the moment where they came to terms with the fact that they needed to be open about this. What was that like for you? What made you really decide? You know what? I'm going to be open about my own experiences. Um, okay, so so two kind of two defining moments really in my own journey that have been triggers for me to see that you know I needed to make changes, see that I needed to take the experiences that that I was having and uh, and that I've had and and to to share them and to help other people. I I had a breakdown several years ago now and the moment that I realized that I really needed to kind of open up and speak about what I was experiencing and ask for help was I had gone to work so I was working in Birmingham at the time and I was on my way into work by train and I found myself standing on a train platform and a 
train was passing through the station and I could see this train heading towards me and I was stood on the platform and I just for a millisecond thought god you know if I if I just stepped in front of that train then I wouldn't feel the way that I'm feeling anymore and it was just it was a fleeting thought you know it it passed through really quickly but in that second I just I just thought god you know I can't believe I've just had that thought I don't this is the moment that I've really got to, I've got to do something about how I am feeling. And and so that was the, really the beginning of me starting to understand where I was in terms of my mental health, but also the beginning of me beginning to share that with other people as well. And, and as I went through what I went through with my mental health from there on, I I have been very open about sharing that with with other people because I think that you know we need to see people that you know we think are you know the people that are strong and successful and you know that look like they've got it all together because I look like that outwardly you know I look like that person but inside I was just totally you know totally broken and we need those people. You know, I felt that I had a kind of responsibility to speak up and to share what I was going through so that other people would see, oh, OK, I'm not on my own. You know, it's not just me that feels like that. So, well, thank you. So first off, I mean, before anything else, thank you for, for sharing that, because talking about even talking about suicidal thoughts is still that second layer of stigma. Right. I mean, that's something that a lot of us combat a lot. So. I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for that vulnerability and helping normalize talking about that those moments. Yeah, thanks, Jay. Well, you know, I that that was the beginning of a long old journey for me. I at the time I'd been an insurance broker for you know over twenty years and running my own business. I had loads of success, blah blah blah. But I I realized that I needed to step off that corporate treadmill for a while. So I took a year out and during that year I I retrained. So I trained as a coach and I also trained as a listening volunteer with the Samaritans and started doing some volunteer work with the Samaritans. Went off and did loads of kind of mental health focused training. I I never really with the intention of using any of that in a business sense, but because I wanted to learn about mental health I wanted to understand for my own sake but I wanted to be able to help the people around me the people that worked for me the people that I was supporting in my volunteer role and and so that was kind of really the only intent and driver behind what I was doing and then at the beginning of 2018 March 2018 I lost my partner to suicide and going through losing somebody to suicide and everything that came after, I, I mean, it was, you know, it's the most horrific experience and, you know, for anybody that loses somebody to suicide, you know, you, there are so many questions that you will never have answered and that's that's one of the most difficult things i think when you lose somebody to suicide but 
I was determined when I came through the other side of that, I was determined that I would create something positive out of this horrific this horrific thing that had happened and and that re, you know that really is what then propelled me on to do the work that I now do you know I just thought well I've had all of these experiences I've had this you know most horrendous painful experience you know that can define me in in a number of different ways you know it can be it can break me or you know I can take that and I can I can make something good out of that and and that was you know what I decided that I would do well I I can't even imagine the hurt that that you had to go through and that I'm sure you were still still and will always be healing from so I I I'm very sorry for your loss, and and again, I I very I I cannot say enough how much I appreciate your your vulnerability on all of this because I was this makes me think of about a year ago I was I was speaking at an event and I was asked the question, you know what's what's one change that people can make to to be more open about suicide and and I said you know. Those of us who who lived through, because I'm a survivor of multiple suicide attempts and an overdose, and it's like mm-hmm. those of us who lived through this. When we see a young person, or even not that young, but but you know, it, it their 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 death is listed with no cause of death, and it's like okay, you know, that's one of the ones that we are still afraid to talk about, whether it's suicide or overdose or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Simply being open about that, simply saying that we lost you know, this person, this person chose to take their own life, whatever the whatever euphemism you want to use, but being more open about that can help reduce that stigma. But at the same time, that's really hard to do. And so I, I again, I, I just am so thankful for your vulnerability from your place of hurt, because that's not easy. And and again, I think it says a lot about who you are as a person that throughout all of this, you have continued to set your sights on using these experiences to help others yeah do you know what it 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 never really felt like there was another option you know that only looked ever looked like the only way forward really and you know i'm 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 grateful to be doing the work that I'm doing, you know, I'm incredibly grateful to be doing what I'm doing and speaking about every, every time I speak about this stuff, I will have a conversation with somebody that will say to me, it's such a relief to know that I'm not alone. You know, it's such a relief to be able to articulate the thoughts that have been in my head and to know that actually it's okay to talk about that well it is <laughs> it's hard you know it it is hard as as someone who who has survived it it's hard in your shoes as someone who who had the thoughts and then lost a partner it's hard for those who've lost people i mean it's hard it's it's hard all around there's no easy way to talk about it 
But I'm reminded, you know, as we're recording this, this is the day after I hosted my last storytelling event last night, Rock Bottom Storytellers 2, in which somebody said something that I just I just love so much. She, he, he was saying that even his experience of trauma, even though it was so hard to talk about, every time he did, it felt a little bit better. Every time he talked about it openly, he felt a little bit more at ease about this experience because the, the, the responses helped him remind remind him exactly what you were just saying that there are other people that go through mm-hmm. this they are not alone and and that can be you know it's never you're never going to be healed i don't think that that's a good destination in mind because that hurt will always be there but you can make a little bit of of, of healing every every day every moment but again, it's not easy, and so I really do applaud you. And I think that this is such an a, a opportunity now to go into your work, and we can actually talk about what that looks like <laughs> besides just your incredible LinkedIn presence. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so there's kind of two, I guess, two distinct aspects to to the work that I'm I'm now doing. I we we set mental health in business we set the business up later on in 2018 so i lost my partner in march and so i was i was pregnant when i lost my partner and then i lost the baby a few weeks later so you know it was just the few months after that i don't i don't remember very much of the next few months because it was you know i was just i was just a complete a complete wreck really but but I you know I got to a point where I thought right okay I've I've got to pick myself up and do something do something here and what I realised was that you know that I wanted to as I've said already to take to kind of take those experiences and create something good out of it but I had no idea what that was you know I just knew that I had to do something with the things that I'd learned the all the training that I'd done, the lived experiences that I'd had, the learned experience, all of that, I, I somehow had to bring that all together to create something out of it. And it took me a little while to work out what the hat was going to be. But in the meantime, I, in the couple of years prior, I'd started developing as a speaker. And I had been, like, I was petrified of public speaking, petrified but because I was petrified, I was determined I was going to get good at it because uh, I don't like not like not being good at anything. I don't like, you know, speaking was my nemesis and I was going to have it. So so in the couple of years prior to this, I, I'd been kind of developing a little bit as a speaker. And so I'd been traveling all around the UK, speaking at networking meetings and just kind of get getting some practice, really. So in in those months after my partner died, while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, I thought, right, I'm going to go out and start doing some speaking again. And and I, I went out and spoke about suicide because I thought, you know, I feel really passionately about helping other people not to end up in that place. So I I went and did quite a few talks and and keynote speeches and things like that all around um, suicide and mental health and then I was contacted by somebody asking me did I want to do a TED talk a TEDx so I thought yeah yeah I really want to do that and so I 
I put I, I agreed that I would I would do do a TEDx. And then during that time I'd kind of figured out, you know, what it was that I wanted to to do. And I approached two people with this idea to create a business where through which we would help businesses and organizations to create mentally healthy workplaces. You know, I'd worked in so many places that were unhealthy, mentally and emotionally unhealthy places. And and I I wanted to work with businesses to to help them to do all of that better. So we set we set this business up later on that year and we we offer mental health training, education and support. So we work with businesses across all of those key three areas, really training, education, support. And we offer all different kinds of workplace mental health training. And alongside that, so I did I did the, the TEDx in, two, in 2019, and that was kind of a platform for me as a speaker. So alongside that, I do a lot of speaking on a whole range of mental health related topics. It's so interesting that for a long time, the workplace, mental health in the workplace was so overlooked. And, and you know, before COVID, you know, we knew that, that at least people here in the U.S. were spending more time with their coworkers than they were with their, their families. And so it's like if we're not talking about this stuff in the workplace, we're yeah. missing this golden opportunity. And that's why people like you and me who, who really focus on LinkedIn and do a lot of our work on LinkedIn can be so influential and be so helpful because it's needed there. And for so long, it wasn't there. And so I think that 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 is such an important focus. You know, we have so many people who do this work outside of the workplace, but people like you who focus on it inside can be so incredibly helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, business leaders beginning to see just what a responsibility they carry when it comes to the mental and emotional health of the people that work for them. You know, we're all of us, we are all whole people. And, you know, when we show up in the workplace, you know, the things that are impacting on our mental well-being may or may not be related to work. You know, it may be stuff that's going on outside of our work that's impacting on our mental well-being or, or, or it may be the work. But, you know, as business owners and business leaders, managers, it doesn't matter. You know, we've got a responsibility for the mental and emotional health of those people. And I think that business leaders are really beginning to see that now. You know, I'm, I'm having conversations day in day out with you know business owners leaders managers who are kind of saying yeah you know we we know we need to do better you know we know we need to do more um and and that's great you know you've got people now that are many many people in those positions who are ready and willing to to lead the way in that sense which is which is awesome well, speaking of leading the way, if someone is really enjoying what you're putting down and wants to get in touch with you one more time, if you wouldn't mind shouting out where everybody can find you online and get in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. So our website is www.mhib.co.uk, Mental Health in Business. And you will find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Just search Claire Russell. 
um, you'll find me on both. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Claire. I finish this this show with the same two questions every time. The first of which is not just during COVID, but especially over the last year and a half. What kind of self-care habits work for you? Great question. So I, for me, it is about carving out some time for myself. You know, I am, you know, like many of us, I'm a parent and, you know, that kind of... <laughs> juggling life responsibilities and parental responsibilities and work stuff um it's really really easy to um to forget just to make some time for yourself and so for me that's probably the most fundamental bit of self-care that I can do for myself is just to find an hour here or there for myself well that's I, I think that's so I like to underscore some of them because a lot of times we get very specific. I, I get very specific tips on this, but I really appreciate that key core concept of just focus on yourself for a little bit, right? Because, mm. you know, we we do live in a society where, I mean, rightfully so, what, what we're doing for other people is rewarding. That's wonderful. But you can't, as, as they always say on the airplane, right? You can't help somebody else until you put the mask on your face. So it's really important to, to do that. So thank you for that. The second question I always ask at the end is we've now spent the last almost 40 minutes hearing why you're incredible, why we all need to be following you online and keeping up with what you're doing. But this is your chance to shout out some other people, whether it's people you follow, podcasts you're listening to, a book you're reading, a show you're watching, whatever it is that you think we should all go check out. Gosh, do you know what always comes to mind or who always comes to mind when I'm asked that question is Brene Brown. I am like a Brene Brown's greatest fan. So I've, I've read all of her books and I, I so recommend um, reading her books. They've been absolutely life changing for me. And she has a Netflix documentary called A Call to Courage which is, it's one of the best things I have ever watched. It's kind of saved and I watch it all the time. I watch it with my kids and it just serves as a kind of really, really good reminder. She she does a lot of work around kind of vulnerability and I, she's just, yeah, she's her work has really informed everything that I do. Well, fantastic. Claire, thank you so much for being here. It's been fantastic to talk to you and to finally get a chance to learn more about your story. Well, it's been really good. Thank you, Jay. Y'all know I love to read, and almost every episode of this podcast includes a recommendation to check out an awesome book. From a D. Jaffe's Abstinence Myth to Johan Hari's Chasing the Scream, I'm constantly looking for new books to learn from and enjoy. That's why I'm super excited to partner with Bookshop. Bookshop is a wonderful website that helps you find all your favorite books and support your local neighborhood bookstore in the process. I've bought everything from textbooks to Star Wars novels on Bookshop, and I've supported my local store with each transaction. Best of all, my Bookshop link will allow you to see all the books I've mentioned on the show right in one spot. So check out Bookshop today using the link in my show notes or go to bookshop.org slash shop slash CYS and you'll find all the awesome books you want and support the podcast in the process. Check it out today. Find me on social media. Check the link in the show notes or search for me, Jay Schiffman, on YouTube and LinkedIn and choose your struggle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Bye.
All right, we've come to the end of another episode of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to sit with Claire's story, with her vulnerability, and to learn about all the incredible work she's doing and, and, and all she's advocating for. Thank you, Claire. Um, I really mean that. Thank you for your vulnerability. It, it is so impressive and so needed and so appreciated, so thank you. This week, we are returning to the 54 Reasons Why You Matter pack of cards brought to you by Blurt. Doing this in honor of Claire because, um, you know, (laughs) well, because Blurt is a British organization and Claire is British. It's that easy. All right, 54 Reasons Why You Matter. Even when you're feeling low, you inspire others with your strength and your tenacity Man, that is a perfect card for for Claire's story. You know, she started talking about her own experiences, uh, then lost her partner, and decided that the, the, what she could do is get back out there and talk about this and, and help end stigma. And I mean, just what a perfect card that is! That is so accurate. You know, uh, that is something that I I occasionally struggle with because as someone who talks about this a lot. There are days where I'm like, man, I I have no interest in going up on stage today or recording this podcast today. And usually I try to push through it and and use that and talk about that and be open about that. So uh, great card, you know, definitely fits in with with Claire's um, message. And yes, of course, you know, you do inspire people just by being you, just by being strong. So your good egg for this week is very simple. It's a good one. It's one we've done before, but it's been a while. Pay it forward. It's it's that easy. Pay it forward. You know, uh, I do that every Friday where I, I Venmo somebody $5, coffee on Jay. You know, you've heard um, uh, who, who's talked about this recently. Ray talked about buying coffee for the person behind her in line. It's stuff like that. Do something little, pay it forward, and truly make somebody's day. But above all else, the most important thing, as always, be vulnerable, show your empathy, spread your love, and choose your struggle.